You are listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which provides bite-sized tips for busy parents, educators, and anyone working with kids. These real talk conversations focus on mindful living, mental health, and personal growth, helping all to learn, grow, and inspire with mindfulness in mind. I'm your host, Vanessa De Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping folks live life with peace of mind and ease of heart while not losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the Free to Be Mindful podcast. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. I'd like to first and foremost remind you and invite you to the Amiga Mom self-care event, which I am hosting on September 17th at the beautiful Spa O located in Secaucus, New Jersey. At this event, we are going to have chair massages, a light brunch, some bubbly to make it fun, a self-care workshop. We'll of course have access to the spa's pool, hot tub, and sauna. There will be um, little swag bags or gift bags because you can't go to a party without getting a goodie bag, right? And of course, there will be the opportunity to take gorgeous pictures and most importantly, above all, to learn about self-care, to learn about mindfulness, and to make connections with like-minded women. So these tickets have been on sale for the past week solely to the Amiga Moms community. And of course, if you are not a member of the Amiga Moms community, You can always sign up by just going to my website at freetobemindful.com backslash Amiga Moms or going to the show notes. And beginning today, they are on sale to the general public. This event's tickets and almost all Amiga Moms tickets are intentionally kept to a certain number because of the belief of really wanting you to connect to those like-minded women and other moms. So once the tickets are sold out, they are sold out. So if you'd like to purchase yours, you can feel free to visit my website again, freetobemindful.com backslash Amiga Moms, and make sure you get yours while they're still available. And if you are outside of the tri-state New Jersey area, you can always join me with other events such as the Mindfulness with People of Color quarterly retreat. And that is going to be held next Saturday via Zoom. So if you live really far away, I invite you to join me there. This is a retreat where you'll have education and guided meditations from me and from the other two Mindfulness with People of Color co-creators. I love it because we're all so different and we give different flavors as to what mindfulness can feel like and look like. And if you'd like more information on that, you can feel free to visit the show notes. So sometimes I record these podcast episodes in advance and I batch them to do a lot all in one time to make the most use of my time. Today's is in real time. And I'm going to self-disclose a little bit in the episode so you can see a little bit where I'm coming from and what the inspiration was for this episode. So last Friday, early morning, my parents receive a phone call that my aunt, who is the eldest of my dad's eight brothers and sisters, who received word that she had a stroke. And my parents needed to, not that they needed to, but they wanted to fly out to Dominican Republic right away to be by her side. So my brother was able to get my parents a flight 
but it was like at five o'clock in the morning, meaning that they need to be at the airport at three o'clock in the morning. And I live closest to Newark airport, but of course this flight was at Kennedy, which seems like it's at the ultimate ends of the earth, by the way. So I drove my parents there at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning so that they could catch their flight to DR. And a few hours later, one of my closest friends sent me a text that she was on her way to the hospital and was about to have her baby. And it really struck me as interesting how we can be surrounded by so many people we love who are in different stages of life. Because here I was praying for my aunt, who is almost turning 80, as she had this really unexpected turn of events in her health. And then happy for my friend who was about to have her second child and was really uber excited. And it reminded me of my undergrad days where I studied elementary education and psychology. And in both fields, we learned so many different types of developmental stages and of theories on these stages, which were really invented a bazillion years ago, it seems like. And there's so many different stages, but one that really sticks out to me is Eric Erickson's psychosocial developmental theory, because it really takes care of the complete lifespan from infancy to old adulthood. So that first stage is infancy. And Eric Erickson believes that every stage covered a very important facet to how we grow up, right? To either our, not so much our personality, but it's definitely molded, can be molded by our personality, but really of how we become the way we are. And the first one, the first stage is infancy, and this is where trust is built. And the main focus of the stage is basic trust versus mistrust. He believed that at this stage, which begins at birth and ends around 18 months old, that this is where babies are learning about the world around them. And of course, they're fully dependent on adults or those who love them for care. And Eric Erickson believes that if trust isn't established at this stage of development, that it's harder to establish trust later on in life in our various types of relationships that we may have, and that there may be a sense of hopelessness when faced with the crisis because we haven't quite established this sense of trust in others. Then stage two is toddlerhood, and the focus of this stage is autonomy versus shame and doubt. This stage begins at 18 months old and lasts until about two or three years of age. And of course, babies are growing at a rapid pace at this stage in their life, and they're learning so many things like walking and talking, and they'll begin to start putting their foot down and saying, no, no, no. And then why, why, why with everything that they do. And Erickson believed that if kids are shamed at this stage while they're developing all of these new abilities, that they may suffer low self-esteem as they get older because they're not allowed to be independent. They're kind of being shamed into keeping in a box, let's say. So if their needs aren't met at this stage, kids may begin to think that they aren't able to do things on their own. Stage three is the preschool stage, and the focus here is initiative versus guilt. So here, as kids enter preschool and kindergarten, they become really imaginative, right? They do a lot of play and discovery, and they'll start showing more initiative when they play. And 
parents and caregivers and educators are advised to give kids the opportunity to make decisions and express their emotions how they choose. So it's believed in this stage that if needs are met, they will know that the world is trustworthy and that they'll be able to explore their own abilities. But if needs are not met in this stage, kids may begin to feel that the world is not a safe place and they won't attempt to accomplish tasks or face challenges on their own, which is where they get the initiative versus guilt. And then stage four is early school. And this is the stage where kids are about first grade or so until middle school. And the focus here is industry versus inferiority. And what that means is that kids are going to begin getting so many new skills. It's believed to be important at this time that parents are helping kids develop and explore their skills that they are currently figuring out that they have. And if they develop feelings of inferiority or inadequacy, especially around their peers, it's believed that they may suffer issues with competence and self-worth when they become adolescents and in the stages beyond that. So if needs are met here, they'll feel a sense of accomplishment. And if needs are not met here, they'll begin to struggle with their confidence and kids will believe that they are not as adequate as other children. And then stage five, those wonderful and sometimes rocky adolescent years. And the focus here is identity versus identity confusion. So prior to the teen years, developmentally really happens in response to outside factors, right? Where kids react to their situation rather than taking charge of their situations. However, at this developmental stage, teens kind of begin to take charge of the directions that they're going in. So they begin to really discover the influence that their families have at this time and then where they have more independence to influence themselves or to take influence from others. So they may try on different identities almost as if they're trying on outfits, right? And if they successfully emerge from this stage, then they're going to be free to be really who they are and believe in what they can accomplish. So if needs are met at this stage, the teens will begin to develop a stronger sense of self. And if they're not met at this stage, it's believed that teens will struggle to form an identity. And this is an aside from the actual things that you can find in a textbook. I believe that this identity versus confusion stage, while it was believed back in Eric Erickson's day that this happened in adolescence, I think now in the year 2022, it happens earlier and earlier in kids. And we may see this more so just about right before middle school or at the start of middle school, as opposed to just waiting for those teen years. But that's just my opinion in the 18 years of working in education and with kids. Then stage six is young adulthood going from those teenage years to about 39, believe it or not. And the focus here is intimacy versus isolation. And the theory claims that as soon as people get out of that identity-seeking stage of adolescence, then they move on to a phase of life where they're really focused on intimate relationships. 
So Eric Erickson believes that, you know, these intimate relationships can include romances and marriage, as well as platonic relationships and those with people who we just care for. If people go through the stage successfully, it's believed that they'll know how to form strong connections with others. But if they're unsuccessful and their needs are not met in this stage, it's believed that young adults will become lonely and isolated and will be a bit more distant from others. And then middle adulthood, get ready for this. It's believed to start at age 40. I guess I'm approaching middle adulthood very soon. And the focus here is generativity versus stagnation. So he believed that after building these strong interpersonal relationships, that the next focus in life is really thinking about leaving a legacy of your own life and having a positive impact on the greater community. So this can take the form of giving back to society or having meaningful accomplishments at work or raising children. And it's believed that if these needs are met, adults will feel competent in the way that they're contributing to society. But if needs are not met, they'll be stuck in these long years of middle adulthood because the stage after this is actually late adulthood which is the last stage of all the eight. And this focus here is integrity versus despair. So in this final stage of Erickson's theory, it's believed that folks really look back at their accomplishments, at their life, and they start reflecting whether they've led meaningful lives. They also start tackling the idea of mortality and knowing that at some point, we will die or we'll begin to experience many of our loved ones passing away. But despite all of these challenges and sometimes the sadness that comes along with that, it's believed that people will experience really satisfaction and gratitude as they age if they go through these stages successfully. So in this one, if needs are met, the mature adult, as they're known as, they all feel content about how they've lived their life and everything they've done in life. But if their needs are not met, these mature adults will begin to feel that they did not lead a very successful life, and then they become eaten with the feeling of regret. So while there are many belief systems, as I shared some of mine as we went through the eight stages, generally speaking, almost seven decades later, it's still relevant, really. And it doesn't mean that we have to fit these eight boxes very nicely, but it gives us a framework of the psychosocial developmental stages. It's really important to keep in mind, though, that when this theory was created, all of its data that it was focused on really was based on American culture and predominantly on white men. So it's really important that it doesn't take into account culture or race or socioeconomic status and other things of that sort. And not that it makes it wrong or not valuable. It's just something to keep in mind as you hear of these stages, because there are so many more things that impact us in addition to just going through these stages. And how is this all related to the Free to Be Mindful podcast? It's all related because the aspect of mindfulness where we're paying attention to the right here and right now and letting go of judgment and really being kind to ourselves and leading our lives with this aspect of curiosity. When we have this awareness, we can be 
present through each and every one of these stages. We can get the most out of these stages. And when our needs are not being met, then we can learn to navigate the stages of life in such a way where we can eventually have them met. But it really does start with awareness. Awareness if we're doing okay, if things feel good, if we're happy and content, or if we're not. And it doesn't mean that we have to live in this life full of rainbows and butterflies and seeing unicorns, but it does mean that we just have an awareness of when things don't feel good. When we listen to our guts or intuition or a third eye or whatever it is that you believe in and where we feel comfortable and how we're leading our lives and when we don't feel comfortable. And that awareness is that aspect of mindfulness. That awareness is paying attention to what's happening at this very moment. And when things feel good, the awareness of knowing how to recreate that. And when things feel off, just knowing how to live through it and let things go when we need to or reflect and change things when we have to. And that's such a big aspect of mindfulness. Again, knowing how to take things in when they're serving us or let things go when they're not. And of course, I always love to hear what you think of each and every episode and, you know, how it resonated with you. I do encourage you to take a screenshot if you're listening to this on your phone and then post it on your Instagram or Facebook stories and tag me at Counselor V de Jesus and just let me know your thoughts. And of course, whenever you do that, I am always very thankful because you're sharing one, you're sharing your thoughts, which I love to know what you thought about the podcast. And then I repost so that folks can see what you thought. And two, You're also sharing the podcast, which I am so deeply appreciative of. Thanks for listening in. And I hope that this week you take moments to think about the stage of life that you're in, how content you are in your life and what you are accomplishing. And if you're not, what you can do to reflect upon that and grow from there. So right now, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, Take a breath in through your nose as you feel your belly rise and let your breath go slowly as you feel your belly deflate. Think about some of the concepts that we just discussed. Think about the stage of life that you're in and hopefully how your needs are being met in that stage of life. I hope that you're able to Take upon that value of trust, which we learned hopefully in our infancy stage, and trust that others will not only be there for you, but also trusting that you can be there for yourself in any aspect that you need. Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It would mean a ton if you took this moment to review the Free to Be Mindful podcast on the platform you catch your favorite shows. That quick and easy act lets me know what you enjoy, and it helps others find the podcast too. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you can listen along next week. In the meantime, I welcome you to catch me on social media at Counselor V. De Jesus. 
And as always, remember, in a world where you are free to be anything that you want to be, you are always free to be mindful. Catch you next week.